Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea Gillis. And I'm Step Page. We're two Canadian expats now living in Australia and the UK. Between the two of us, we've been through the ringer in our travels, experiencing missed flights, volcanic eruptions, and even a terrorist attack. It's not all that extreme, though. We've also experienced heartwarming, life-changing moments and met amazing people along the way. So kick back and listen to all the shit I've learned abroad. Welcome to another episode of All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea, and I'm here with Steph. Hello, Andrea. Hey. And today we're talking about getting lost. And I'm sure we've all been there before, where we've been in a foreign country. We don't know where we are. We don't speak the language. We don't know anyone. We don't recognize anything. And we have no idea where to go. And uh, Steph, you've been there. I've been there. Many times. We have... Loads of stories that we're going to share with you. I kind of pride myself a little bit in how often I don't get lost because I'm directionally challenged. People joke, if you spin me around and send me walking, I already don't know where I am. But when I'm traveling, nowadays we have Google Maps, we have, you know, we have our phones that essentially we can look up anything at any time. So you'd think, you would think, it's really hard to get lost. So this was about six years ago. I traveled to Berlin in Germany. And from the hostel, I was heading to one of the Christmas markets, the Alexander Christ- Alexander Platz Christmas market, and it was walking distance. So looked at my phone, no big deal. Walked there, had an amazing time. Went to walk back. I don't know. Have you ever had this happen, Andrea, where your GPS starts lagging? You make the turn you think it's telling you. It takes you in circles. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and you walk a couple hundred meters, and suddenly the arrow turns you backwards and it has no idea it did one of those and I got so lost in the back streets of Berlin and I had no idea where I was going my phone wasn't working and this was probably about I want to say nine o'clock at night but it was pitch blackout and I was on streets where there were no people so you know you're sitting there and you're analyzing what am I gonna do here had you been to Berlin before was this your first time first time never been there I think that makes such a difference as well definitely And I found Berlin to be a place, I don't know, everyone might not have had the same experience, but I really went there thinking a lot more people would speak English than did. Oh, yeah. Rookie mistake. Almost everyone I encountered there spoke German, which, I mean, makes sense. But for some reason, since it's such an international hub, I assumed there'd be much more English than there was. Mm, Yeah. 
So I'm wandering down the street, looking at my phone, getting very frustrated. And there's a man, he was actually walking away from me at the time. So I called out to him. He came back and I walked up to him and I said, do you know how to get here? Of course, he spoke no English. He had no idea what I was saying. I was trying to show him the name of the hostel. But, I mean, people don't always know the name of a very specific hostel or hotel. Right. And I can so assume what, you trying to, I can assume you trying to say this in, in, in German or pronounce it. I mean, not necessarily the easiest language to... Well, the, host, the hostel there was actually St. Christopher's. So it was an English name as well, which might have been. Maybe yeah. that made it more difficult, though, for someone that only speaks German. I don't know. Definitely. So what I did, so this is a classic case where technology really got me lost, but technology got me out of it too. Because what I did in that moment, and this was still pretty new technology back then, I think back now it'd be a first thought, but I pulled up Google Translate uh, and yeah. and I said, I typed in in English, you know, I'm lost. Can you help me find where I'm going? I translated it to German. He read it and he, oh, and he nodded. He typed back in German, which translated to English, like, yep, where do you need to go? And I showed, and we had this whole conversation, even though we couldn't speak the same language. Yeah. And I, and I did end up, he kind of pointed me in the right direction and showed me where to go. And I did get back. I wasn't that far. But I remember I just thought that was the most beautiful exchange. This is someone that any other day I couldn't communicate with. But because of Google Translate, which at the time was still pretty new technology, mm. You know, I was just able to find my way, and I thought that was amazing. And you, and you wonder, you do wonder, like, what, what did we do before? You know, the, this kind of technology. And there's even, I don't know if you've seen those new. Um, they're like earbuds, and it's some yes. piece of software, I guess that that you can, uh, you put them in your ear, and you can pick which language that you want them to translate into. And I mean, I don't know if they're like out on the uh, on the shelf yet, but. These are amazing. I've I've looked into these because I was gonna actually treat treat myself. Yeah, uh, they're only about not even I think a hundred dollars. I want to say, but they're only available on Android right now. Oh, so so they are available though. That's because uh, I just yeah. thought it was one of those things that someone's created it and you know hasn't gone to. So you could actually buy them. This is a great gift. Yeah, this would have been a they're great on the market Christmas present if anyone doesn't know about them maybe put it on the list for next christmas or any upcoming birthdays but well i figure both our birthdays are in september so you know iphone can't be that far behind yeah uh we'll look out for that but yeah i mean again this is where i mean technology is absolutely amazing but like you said in the scenario that you were in it, it actually hindered well, i think if i had if if when i left since it was in walking distance if i had paid attention so the way I was walking, I could have just walked the same route back, but I took it for granted a little bit that I had my GPS on me, so I didn't pay attention, which I think is a common trap to follow into when you're traveling now, but something you really should pay attention to. I mean, if I'm completely honest, I, I've lived in London eight years now, and I think for the majority of the time I've lived here, you know, Google Maps has been available. And I will, you know, I'll hold my hands up. I'll admit I am so bad when it comes to knowing street names and which direction I'm going. Like I still get lost in London 
in very familiar neighborhoods that I've um, uh, I've been going to for the last eight years. And and I have to say, it's, it is because I, I rely on things like Google Maps. You know, there's City Mapper that's available in most big uh, cities now. Um, and yeah, we're, I just find that I'm not as... Attentive? Uh, yeah, I'm not as attentive anymore to street names around me and, you know, where streets go and where, where they intersect and... Um, even, you know, looking at shop names and just familiarizing yourself with neighborhoods, I find that we don't do that anymore. And I can only imagine with, you know, the generation growing up now with all they've ever known as smartphones, how, I mean, do they, do kids now even learn how to read maps? Do we know? I don't know. I mean, I would assume they do still in the scouts and girl guides, but outside of that? Yeah. I don't know. I I guess. Well, can I, I was gonna say so a couple months after I moved to Melbourne I really needed a new phone and of course being new to such a big city I didn't know my way around I was very dependent on GPS everywhere I was going and I needed a new phone so I looked up online and I think I found a phone for $300 a brand new iPhone 6s $300 bargain yeah I thought oh this is great (laughs) not great so I bought it, I gave the person the money, took it home, and what it turned out to be was essentially a black market rebuild. So it was parts put together, but it did have an iOS in it. Uh, so it was considered an iPhone. If I called Apple up, they could help me. But what happens is is they use second-hand parts in it to build it. Right. There was no, there was no GPS in that phone. Oh, what's the point? And of course, the girl I bought it from said, if you have any problems, call me. I called her. Phone number was disconnected. Of course. Yeah. yeah. I think more people now, if you had to choose between having text messages or even being able to make a phone call Mm -hmm. versus GPS on your smartphone now, if you were to ask probably anyone, I mean, I think they would, I would, I would prefer to have a GPS. Yeah, since absolutely. I mean, who, re- who even uses their phone to make actual phone calls anymore? I ended up buying a new phone, and it was a classic case example of you get what you pay for sometimes. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, going back to technology, I I had I had a, a similar story actually of getting lost in Germany. Mine um, involved a lot more alcohol, though. This was during Oktoberfest a few mm. years back um, in Munich, which. I've been a couple times and the second time around that I went just turned out to be an absolute disaster. One of the reasons being uh, I lost my passport and that is a totally separate episode that we're going to talk about. Um, But also there was just a whole string of unfortunate events and one of them included me getting lost very late at night. I was with a group of friends. We had been down to the beer tents, did the whole Oktoberfest thing, and then we all somehow got separated. We were not staying at a hotel or any type of guest house while we were there that time. We were camping. So during Oktoberfest in Munich, because the hotels, they get so booked up, they actually, there's a lot of um, a lot of places that provide outside camping because the weather's still usually pretty good in September, and so there's loads of campsites. So I didn't realize there were so many campsites, and the night that I got lost, after I had drank probably God knows how many steins, um, I got into a taxi. Thankfully, I had you know cash on me, um, but my phone 
was actually dead. So going back to the whole technology piece, if your phone dies, um, you don't have a charger on you. I mean, you're obviously screwed. So I got in, I spoke to the taxi driver who his same thing, his English, you know, was pretty much non-existent. Um, and I had said to him, you know, campsite, I'm staying at the, at the campsite. In my head, I thought there was only like one campsite near, near Oktoberfest. So he said to me, oh yeah, no problem. You know, we'll get you there. And we pull up to this campsite and I look and I realize I'm like, this is not, this is not where I'm staying. This is not my campsite. I recognize it. And I, it's probably about two o'clock in the morning at this point. And what do you do? Like, what was, I didn't know what to do. The taxi driver was just sitting there waiting for me to pay him. He didn't speak any English. I'm saying this isn't where I'm staying. And then it was just, you know, I, I went into absolute panic mode. Not ideal. Luckily, there was two English guys uh, that were actually waiting for a taxi to go. I guess they were going off to, you know, some other party or something. But thankfully, they spoke English and German and were able to translate to the taxi driver uh, that I wasn't staying at that campsite. Um, They knew I gave them again. I didn't know the name of it, the, the actual campsite, but I gave them kind of a a broken named version of it. And the two English guys they knew which one I was talking about and they told the taxi driver and thankfully it was only, I mean, one campsite over, it was right next to it, but they were able to drop me off. So again, kind of, you know, technology, yes, while it's great, we're in 2019 now and it's great having GPS and Google maps. And because I hadn't familiarized myself with the name of the campsite with, with where it was in the city, I could have been totally screwed that night. Thankfully Mm -hmm. I wasn't. That's a good point about, the map. I mean, how many people do you know actually carry maps these days? Well, it's funny you say that. Like, my parents still have the the fold-up maps in their cars, mm-hmm. which is quite funny because you don't see that nowadays anymore. But they still have them, and I'm pretty sure they still use them when they Yeah. Don't to- well, my mom tells me – so my mom went on a Euro trip, and they essentially planned the entire trip by maps. They were dependent on them. And if they didn't know where they were going – they were completely dependent on them. They didn't have the alternatives that we have today. Is that because... Sorry, you're talking a Euro trip like years and years ago or this, recently? I'm talking about 40, 45 years ago. Oh, right. Okay. All right. I, I thought maybe you meant recently where they chose to still you know, use oh, maps. Because no. I think there are people that, that do that. Well, um, you know... That you, that, there are people that don't have smartphones. Well, so when I was planning back in 2017, I spent five months doing a road trip all through... Uh, the United States and all the different states there. And I thought, you know, I'm going to plan ahead. I'm going to go to the CAA, uh, which for anyone listening is essentially AAA or RACV in Australia. And they offer maps. Maps is a service they still provide. Oh, really? So, yeah. So I went down to the CAA and I picked up maps for all the states I was going to be in. And this was ambitious because I was going to all of the states. So let me tell you, I had a lot of maps. And they were in my trunk the entire road trip. I did not look at a single one of them. So you just used your phone. You used the GPS on your phone in- and that's all you needed. Yeah, the entire time. But it, like many things, like insurance, really, you don't know when you will need them. And when you do, you're glad you have them. Well, and that's true. I mean, anything could be, you know, you could lose your phone. Uh, like I said, the, the battery could die. I mean, anything could happen to your phone, whereas... 
it's still, I think, always good. You know, what I do try to do now, and it's like, he's, I, I, I will carry a map with me. Mm-hmm. Even even if you go, you you know, if you stay in a lot of hotels or hostels, they offer even just the sort of complimentary map that gives you uh, an idea of the streets in the area and the intersections or metro stations that are nearby. Mm-hmm. That you, you know, you get them at the front counter and you sort of rip them off. And yes. It's a little pocket map. And a lot of people don't take those anymore because they think, oh, I've got my phone. I don't need... I... I take, I still take one and I will take one. I'll put it in my pocket. Like you said, nine times out of 10, I don't end up using it, mm-hmm. but there's the rare occasion that it might happen where I might not have access to my phone or GPS and I need a map and I need to be able to point somewhere on the map and say, this is where I'm staying. Can you help me? Um, so, I mean, let's not completely discredit maps just yet i know it's 2019 but very relevant still if kids aren't learning how to read maps there's any teachers out there listening yeah any teachers or even parents i'd be interested to hear if parents if your if your children have learned at school anything about or if you're teaching your kids how to use a map i had another instance in i mean my god i've had so many you'd think i would learn my lesson each time but when I was a lot younger uh, and a lot more naive and just starting out traveling on my own, I had another situation in Rome. So Rome was actually the first European city that I traveled to on my own. And same thing. It's very similar to your story in Berlin. I went out for a walk, walking around the city. And where I was staying wasn't kind of in the city center, I'd say. It's, I guess, more on the outskirts. And as I'm walking, it's starting to get dark out and I'm completely lost. I have no idea where I've walked to. I don't have a map. At this point, I don't even think, I'm not even sure if Google Maps was a thing or even if my phone had a GPS on it. Maybe that, I mean, I remember I didn't have a phone. I couldn't, I couldn't work it out on my phone. And in the end, I found these two Italian security guards that were working in some building. Um, I knocked on the door. They let me in. They didn't speak any English. Once again, this is a, you know another place in Rome where I thought more people would speak English. They don't. They speak Italian. Mm-hmm. And they they did, thankfully, they had a map on them. And I, I remember um, the metro station that was across from my, from my hostel that I was staying at. And I was able to point on the map. Well, initially, they didn't know what I wanted. And I said, I'm lost. I'm lost. And I think... They finally kind of, after saying it a few times, they they realized, oh, she's she's lost and doesn't know where she is. So they had a map. I was able to point out on the map. And then they told me, they wrote down the number of, it was a, a tram that I had to take to get back. So I had walked pretty far from uh, where I was staying. But again, you know, no map, nothing on me. I didn't know the name of my hostel. I didn't bother to, to write that down either. I think I was just so eager when I got there. I went, right, I'm going to go for a walk. And off I went. And that was it. So... Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, it's interesting. The one thing I do now, and it's after I've come into so many of these situations, is now, granted, this doesn't help if your phone dies, but I screen cap before I get somewhere where it is I'm going so that if I need to, I can just show someone the address. I'm not dependent on an internet connection. And then when I get to a place, when I arrive, I take a photo of the place. And if there's a transit or a very noticeable place right nearby, I take a photo of that as well. Because a lot of times cab drivers or however you're getting around, they might not know your hostel name or hotel name, but they'll know major landmarks. Major intersections yeah. and major, yeah, exactly. That. And, I, and that's something I've started doing as well. Like you said, take a picture if you are staying at a, at a hotel or a hostel, whatever it is, take a picture of the sign out front because usually that sign, even if it's in another language you, do, you don't understand, usually the sign, it obviously has the name, but a lot of the time it will have the address mm-hmm. and it has the phone number. And a lot of, a lot of times Having the phone number, I can't tell you how many times I've been in a taxi um, in a in a, a foreign country where, again, I don't speak the language and I can't really communicate well with the taxi driver. And they'll say to me, do you have a phone number I can call? And a lot of the time they can call the actual hotel mm-hmm. or the hostel and speak to someone that works there and they can tell them, give them the direction where to go. So it's so important to have. And that's why if you just take a picture of the sign and as you said, have a screen grab because there's been times where, yeah, you, I, I haven't had internet connection. Even though I've got a data plan, you might be in. I mean, this happened to me in, when I was in Bali and my internet connection had just cut out one night. But thankfully, I had taken a screen grab of the guest house I was staying and the guy looked at it and immediately knew uh, where I was going and said, yeah, that's great. You know, what's funny is when I was in India, the every mostly we took tuk-tuks. But the tuk-tuk drivers, they speak no English, none. So you get into a tuk-tuk and you think you're going to say, oh, Lotus Temple, you know, the name of a major landmark destination. And they don't know the English name, like, at all. So what they do is... That's a good point. And they're so used to taking Indian people around that for the most part, it's a non-issue. So Mm -hmm. it's funny because I found all the tuk-tuk drivers would have their friend who speaks English. So they would actually Mm -hmm. call their friend put their friend like hand me their phone and I'd have to tell their friend in English where I was going and then hand the phone back. Right. So, so they're using them as translators. They're, they're essentially using their friends as translators to know where they're taking their, uh, know where they're taking tourists to. But in India, funny story. So there were five of us. We, this was the day we went to Lotus temple and we got there and it was closed. Side tip, always look up opening hours. And so we get there, we're like, oh, we're not going to see this today. And we started coming back and our tuk-tuk broke down. It broke down in the middle of India. No idea where where there were five of us and we had no idea where we were. And that day, uh, the one guy we were traveling with, he really knew what our plan for the day was. Not, not as good as we thought he did apparently, but he had done the plan for the day. I hadn't worried about it. I didn't look up anything. I didn't do anything. And all of a sudden, we were standing on the side of the road in middle of nowhere, India. And our Tuk Tuk driver's just like, sorry, got to, you know, he had to go get someone to fix his Tuk Tuk. And we're standing yeah, there. Yeah, he doesn't care about you. And we, <laughs> we were not in a tourist area or anything. 
And I remember at that moment, we're all standing there looking at each other like, this is a great moment, but where are we? Uh, school let out and all these school children in these tiny little uniforms came running out and they just see these very obviously lost tourists standing there and they're fascinated by us because in rural India they don't often see white people yeah westerner yeah exactly and they all there was probably a hundred of them and they ran to us and they were swarming us and touching our skin and they were just fascinated and we're all I'm we just took the moment in, to be honest, and then finally another tuk-tuk came by, and we flagged him down and yeah. said where we were going, but it was a hilarious moment of that, what if no one, co- like, what would we have done if no one came by? If a tuk-tuk didn't come or no one came out. Well, it's funny that you mentioned a group of um, kids, because this reminded me of, I went to Morocco by myself mm-hmm. a few years back, and one thing I will say, if you are traveling, especially on your own, carry some small change with you. Because as I was walking through the streets, I also got lost. As I as I said, this happens everywhere I go. I got lost. I had no idea where I was going. I was kind of walking in and out of the little streets, like around the souks. Mm-hmm. And I got to a dead end and there was a group of kids there. And I had heard, you know, people had told me the children in, in Marrakesh, mm-hmm. they will try to help you and like guide you. Uh, if you if you look lost, but they want money in return. Yeah. So I remember when I got to this dead end, and I saw about four or five school kids, and I went, "Shit, they're gonna, you know, they're they're gonna come over, they're gonna help me, but I don't have any money on me. I had nothing. I had no. I, I don't think I had any, had any small change. I only had bigger bills. And so sure enough, these kids run over, and I look, you know, I'm, I'm obviously a lost tourist. I'm a six foot tall white blonde girl. They can tell I'm not from there. Um, so they ran over and they, they did help me find, you know, the main road, but because I had no money, these like little five and six year old kids were super angry at me and started throwing <laughs> rocks at me and they started, oh, no. they started like, and it was really embarrassing because there was obviously loads of people around. They could see this. And I just looked like an absolute dick that didn't want to pay. No, but you had money. You just didn't want to give them that much. No, I had very <laughs> large bills, very large bills. In the end, I did go and get some small change and I went back and found the same kids and I gave them some and they were happy with it. So that is the biggest thing I learned there. Just carry a bit of small change with you. (laughs) Have it at the ready. Not even just for that, but in, you know, there's lots of other scenarios where you might need it. Um, I think we're also doing a separate episode on that. So we're going to talk about that in another episode. From what you just said, the biggest lesson I've learned about when you're lost and this is going to go exactly against what you just did, is do not look lost. Oh, 100%. I mean, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have looked lost if I... I didn't expect to see... Firstly, I didn't expect to hit a dead end, but I didn't expect to see a group of kids there either, so... When I was traveling, I went to Brazil back in 2015. I was staying in uh, this area called St. Cristavo, or Sao Cristavo, And we were going to walk to the site that was about three kilometers away, which really isn't a far walk. And I remember saying, I was traveling with Priya at the time, and I remember saying to her, you know, three kilometers isn't far, but we're in Brazil and neighborhoods can change really quickly. Do you think it's a good idea to walk? And she said, oh yeah, I mean, it's fine. Um, We're going to be, Brazil was the first country of our round the world trip. So we thought, you know, you want to save money when you can. So we started walking and soon enough... We were in an area where 
there weren't people around. So we walked out of the main area where there were people on the street everywhere. And this guy on a bicycle went by us. And this really speaks to paying attention to what's going on around you. And the guy on the bike came back past us a second time. And in my head, I noticed this and I'm thinking, you know, what reason does a biker have to go past someone again? You're trying to rationalize Mm -hmm. it. And then all of a sudden I see him go by a third time and all the warning flags in my head are going off. And something's not right. Yes. And it was because we looked lost. We were standing there looking at, we had an iPod that we took for GPS at the time. And wow, I I don't even think they make those anymore. Vintage. (laughs) Um, But we were looking at it for directions and it was just so obvious we were lost that he pegged us to steal our stuff. So he came back a third time. He rode his bike bike around us in a circle a couple times. He's being purposely being very intimidating. And luckily at that moment, a man in his house must have been looking out the window and saw this happening. He came running out of his house, flailing his arms, screaming things in Portuguese. And we looked and the best we could gather was he was telling us to run. We don't actually know what he was saying. Oh, so he didn't like bring you into the house? No, no. He was because he was down the street like a couple blocks away yet. Oh, okay. Um, but he spooked the guy who was circling us for a moment. We turned around and we booked it back to where we came from. Oh, wow. And finally, we were on the street that was leading up to the main street again. And there were two other guys walking. And we stepped in line with them and started walking with them. And the guy on the bike had followed us and he was coming back up that street. But we were with people now. Um, so thankfully, yeah. thankfully, I mean, nothing happened, but it could have happened. That though. was, if that guy wasn't there. You don't, you don't know. Yeah. And that, that was definitely my reality check. Going back to using maps. This is, if you've got a big old map that mm-hmm. you've unfolded and you're standing in the middle of a street looking at it, I mean, you are, you do look like the most obvious lost tourist. You draw a lot um, of attention. And I guess that's, yeah, exactly. And I guess that is the difference now when you are using uh, a phone, you know, everyone's on their phones nowadays. So if you are using a phone, which 99% of the time you probably will be while you're traveling, just try to, you know, blend in a little bit. If you, if you are lost, don't have that panic sort of look on your face. Try to play it cool a bit. And if you do have to pull out a map, if you are one of those old school people and you are using a map, Maybe try to do it a little bit discreetly. Step aside. Don't do it in the middle. What's that episode of Friends where they go to London and Joey puts the map down on the ground and steps into it? Do you know which episode I'm talking about? I've never watched Friends. Oh my god. Okay, well everyone else listening will know exactly (laughs) what I'm talking about. (laughs) But don't be Joey from Friends. Yeah, as Steph said, you you know, you don't want to be, you don't want to be a target. You don't want to look lost. And if you are, and if you are lost, you know, ask someone as well. Ask someone for directions or help before you get into that panic mode. Because I know I've been there before where I start to panic a bit and I'm like oh what if they don't speak English and what if they they can't they don't under what if they don't want to help me most likely someone's gonna help you and you'll be fine I think that's the other thing people are really great like we're too scared but again most of the places I've been every every time I've, I've met someone even if they don't speak English they will try to help and they will try to get you to where you need to go and yeah people people are helpful well we uh this goes back to uh Rio de Janeiro in Brazil so we were going down to Copacabana Beach one day the original and our host gave us directions in Portuguese and she wrote on a piece of paper because we were taking a bus back without her we took the bus there with her so that was easy mm-hmm. but we were taking a bus back without her so she wrote down on a piece of paper in Portuguese hi this is the bus stop I need to get off at. Can you let me know when we get to the bus stop? 
so that when we got on the bus, we could give it to the bus driver. So we give it to the bus driver when we get on. He nods and we're like, perfect. And we sit in the front of the bus too, so that we can, so we're riding, we're riding. And this bus driver completely forgot. So finally we're thinking, oh, we've been on this bus for a while now. We're looking around and there was one guy that we could tell had been watching us just in the way that he was intrigued by foreigners speaking English. And I said to him, Mm -hmm. do you speak English? And he said, oh, yeah. So we asked him, we said, do you know where the stop is? And he looked at us with just concern. He's like, we we are so far. We were half an hour past it. So we said, oh, no. So he went and actually talked to the bus driver for us. And you could see right away the bus driver's heart just sank that he forgot. So we were actually almost at the bus terminal. So he parks at the bus terminal. He says, stay here. Don't get off the bus. It's going to be stopped for about 10 minutes for the next rotation. But the next rotation wasn't the same route. So we weren't going by our place. So we leave and we don't know where we are. At this point, our ha- like we're like, we're putting our entire faith in you. He stops the bus in the middle of Brazil and he just runs out, runs up to this other bus. He's left the whole bus, this packed bus, just running in the middle of the street gets off the bus runs down the street bangs on another bus speaks to that bus driver comes back walks us literally holding our hands to this other bus and gives us to this other bus driver and we're just we're just handed you off we're yeah we're just going with it and so this bus driver ended up taking us to our doorfront to the steps of where we were staying and we just thought and it wasn't I mean that certainly wasn't the bus stop and we just thought that was the nicest thing, you know. That he, that is nice. He abandoned his bus full of people to make sure that we uh, <laughs> that we got there. Speaking of buses, when Steph and I first moved to London together, Steph, you're probably going to hate me for telling this story. <laughs> oh, I, I think, already you know, think I know where you're going. Where I'm going with this, but I got a text one day so we just moved into our new flat <laughs> oh, in no. south london and i get a text uh from steph who's on her way back on the bus from uh work so she was working in a, a bar in Covent garden and i get this panic text and she's like she says andrea the, the bus driver won't stop the bus and i was like what like what do you and, and she said well he's gone past the bus stop he's gone past our bus stop out front of our out front of our flat so he, he didn't stop the bus and i can't get off and I was like, well, tell him he needs to stop the bus. And then I said to her, I said, well, did you ring the bell? And then Steph wrote back, she said, what bell? And so I realized Steph had never actually I never taken took- a, well, <laughs> she'd taken a bus before, but never in a big city where you had to indicate when you need to get off. Steph didn't know how to get off a bus, I had basically. taken a Greyhound bus, <laughs> which takes you from city to city. It's preset destinations. Right. I had never taken... A city bus where you get a off city bus, and, yeah. And here she is in one of the biggest cities in the world on the most iconic red double decker bus, and she's sitting there not knowing that she has to ring the bell. So I had to instruct Steph what to do on the bus. I think she, you were probably like five stops past at this point. Mm-hmm. I said, "You see the little red button? You'll see many of them around the bus. Press that, and you'll hear a ding." <laughs> And sure enough, she did. You actually had to tell me how to get off the bus, go to the other side of the street to catch the next one going back. So this was, I think, our first first week in London. Mm -hmm. So it was off to a good start for Steph. Um, (laughs) But yeah, she learned. But I mean, it was a learning experience. You learned how to get off a bus. And we all I mean, sometimes the simplest things get us. Well, exactly. But I did think Steph was getting kidnapped, though, when I got this message that the bus driver won't stop. He won't stop the bus. And I'm thinking, oh my God, like, what bus is she on? And then I'm like, learn so I mean, how old were you then? 26? 26, maybe? yeah. Yeah, 26. And you learn how to ring a bell on a bus. Well done. 
I mean, you missed the days of when it was a, a string that you used to pull, which used to be a lot more fun. You know what's funny is actually when I take buses now, most of them still do actually have strings, but the buses are there. I still to this day will press the button and pull the string because I'm worried the button doesn't work. I'll press right. the button a couple and times, have, actually. And the driver's probably up front, like, F off. You have post-traumatic stress disorder from <laughs> that fateful day in London when oh, you got kidnapped man. on a bus. <laughs> Let's well, sum up. Good. What have we learned? We've learned don't look lost, number one. Number two would be to always have a backup to technology. Operate on the assumption your phone will die. I think that's a good assumption. Or that you'll get it stolen or mm-hmm. you'll damage it. I mean, I went recently on a a trip to Dubai and within the first day of me being there I smashed my phone screen completely and I couldn't use it so I mean thankfully I was with people I knew but again that's another example yeah you don't know what's gonna happen and I've been in countries where it is so hot that the phone physically shuts down also you know I've done everything I thought I could the phone's fully charged I've got a backup battery pack to charge it if it dies and it just overheats and shuts down. You know what doesn't overheat and shut down? A fold-out map. <laughs> and then always have screen caps. So have the address where you're going. Have the phone number. Have a major landmark nearby screen capped as reference points. It all sounds so basic, doesn't it? But I guarantee you every traveler, it sounds basic, but everyone who travels learns these lessons the hard way. Well, exactly. And I mean, we've just gone through how many examples of countless stories of when we've been lost it's basic but you know Mm -hmm. sometimes you got to hear it from someone else yes and that someone else is steph and i telling you (laughs) take our tips don't be a couple of dummies like steph and i getting lost in quite literally every country we've ever been to (laughs) so andrea earlier in this episode you mentioned losing your passport in germany maybe next episode we should talk about losing a passport Losing a passport. Oh, you guys are in for a treat for next episode. (laughs) Thanks for listening, and we look forward to sharing more stories with you next time. All the Shit I've Learned Abroad is a travel podcast focused on anything and everything related to travel. You can listen to us on multiple platforms from iTunes to Google Play Music and more. And with that, please, if you have a chance, give us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on. That drives us up the charts and really, really helps us out. Want to support us on Patreon? Find us over at Shit I've Learned Abroad Pod. Donations start as low as just $1. Also, if you could follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Shit I've Learned Abroad Pod and Facebook by searching all the shit I've learned abroad. Thanks so much for listening. 